All right, listen, guys, I get it. Many of you are unable to financially support this ministry because you're spending your cash and your lives on raising young children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Praise God for you and that endeavor. However, algorithms are a thing. Shadow banning, sadly, is a thing. And one major way that you can help to expand the reach and effectiveness of this ministry that doesn't cost you a dime is by spending just a few moments leaving us a five-star review. Also, perhaps even more effective than that, you can share our podcast with a friend. We hope you'll take the time to do so. Thank you so much. God bless. Jesus said, man cannot live on bread alone, but from every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You're listening to Daily Truth. Our eschaton, our ultimate reality that we are looking towards is not just to be present with the Lord. That is paramount, but it is not conclusive. That's not everything. Our eschaton that we are looking towards is that the earth would be filled of the knowledge of God as the waters cover the sea. That the whole earth would be full of His glory. That as we read in the very beginning of our worship service today, therefore strong peoples will glorify you. Cities of even ruthless nations will fear you. Isaiah 25. Isaiah 2 talks about this. That the nations would come, they would flock to Zion. We see this in Daniel chapter 2. That the kingdoms of the earth would ultimately be shattered by a stone carved out by no human hand that comes and crushes into dust the kingdoms of the earth and they're blown away like chaff. But the stone doesn't just crush and destroy wicked pagan nations. But the next part is that the stone begins to grow into a great mountain that fills the whole earth. The leaven works through the whole batch of dough. The mustard seed grows into a great tree. And all of this is not just heavenly. It is spiritual with deep, profound, eternal spiritual implications, but it is earthly as well. Jesus is really Lord. Really Lord. I've said this before. It always gets uh, an angry response, and I get it. And I do tend to be a bit of an antagonist from time to time. But... You know the already and not yet reality? We're living in something that that Christ has inaugurated the kingdom and there's something that's already present, something that's here, but, but there's a fulfillment that we're waiting for. I agree with that theology, that paradigm of already, not yet, living in the in between. That's true. But that's not what most Christians believe. So I've said it like this, that for someone who is premillennial, It's not yet, but soon. For someone who is post-millennial, it's already, but not fully. For someone who is all-millennial, it's already, but not really. That one I despise. I've come to find that I have more in common when it comes to practical obedience to Jesus with the dispensational premillennial who says, It's all going down, but over my dead body. And I'm going to fight as much as I possibly can for as long as I can. 
I have more in common with that Christian when it comes to just the practical implications of daily obedience to Christ than I do with someone else who thinks that all the Christian life is somewhere in an ethereal plane. I have very little in common with this individual because I'm concerned about earthly, practical, tangible, physical obedience to Jesus. As Wilson would say, theology that comes out of your fingertips. Like I, I'm excited about women in our church uh, living out the realities of Scripture by making great sourdough. And that's part of the Christian life. I'm excited about families that love children and celebrate children, that have children instead of dogs and purses. And, and don't just have children, because I've come to find that procreation is much easier than child raising. So families that have children but are also training their children, disciplining their children, teaching their children, admonishing their children. Christians who love marriage, love family, but then even beyond that, that they want to actually reform and, and restore society, not just the church and the home, but they want to see the arts Christianized. We have people in our church who are running for local office. They want to see government on the ground in our local area honor King Jesus. We have people in our church submitting righteous bills with equal weights and measures, with justice to protect pre-born life. We have people in our church who, who want to open up medical practices that are ethical and truthful and, and actually, as a part of that, actually tell you what things cost. There's no other business in all of Western society that doesn't have price tags. We're just that you come in, we'll make you unconscious. And while you can't talk or think, we'll decide what's wrong with you and we'll make up the price out of thin air. That's called a hospital. That's insane. That is not Christian, but it can be. Have you wondered why still to this day an ambulance drives by and there's a stick with a serpent wrapped around it? That's pagan. No, it's not. That's Christian. That's because Moses was commanded when Israel was getting sick and bitten by poisonous serpents. He was commanded to fashion a bronze serpent and to rise it up, to raise it up, and that all in Israel who were sick and bitten by the vipers, if they would look to the bronze serpent, God promised that they would be healed. And that became the emblem of medicine, healing balm. Hospitals weren't started by pagans. You know what pagans do when you're old and sick? They take you up to the, the top of a mountain near a cliff, and they tell you that if you jump off, that you're going to go to some magical land and be happy forever because you're too much a burden on the society at that point, so we need to get rid of you. That's what Vikings do. They don't make hospitals. They tell people to jump off cliffs. And you say, well, that's absurd. Vikings did that. Yeah, Vikings in Canada today, in 2023, it's the same thing. 
is not secularism. Now, secularism was always meant to be a placeholder. It's paganism. It's the same sentiment. Commercials of some pretty woman looking out to an ocean on the sand, talking about how it's courageous and beautiful to engage in euthanasia and assisted suicide. That's Valhalla. That's the same thing. There is no difference. No, hospitals come from Christians. Good art comes from Christians. Just government and good laws come from Christians. And Jesus has commanded us to go into all the nations and to baptize them. To make disciples by going into all the nations and baptize them into the name of the triune God and to just talk about the gospel and say, oh, we don't like, I don't want to preach law. No, that's not the Great Commission. Baptize them and teach them to obey all my commands. That is part of the Great Commission. And not just obey all my commands in private in your home. But obedience to all my commands as far as the implication and practical application of that obedience goes. And do you want to know how far the practical implications of obedience to King Jesus goes? Into every square inch. That's how far it goes. Into everything. There is no dark, shadowy place that's off limits. And so as we are teaching, all this is to set the stage for the next few months but as we are teaching through the book of Joshua, I want you to think about the New Testament church. That the New Testament church does not just find commonality with Old Testament Israel when it's in captivity and slavery in Egypt under Moses, waiting for deliverance, or when it's in captivity in Babylon, waiting for deliverance. But that the New Testament church also finds commonality with Old Testament Israel when it's under the command of Joshua and told to be strong and courageous. Not just winsome and patient, but strong and courageous to do what? To be delivered from the land. No, to conquer the land. To take the land. Because the meek will inherit not just the 17th dimension. The meek will inherit the earth. Not another one. This one. It's our birthright. Why? Because it's his birthright. I have set my holy one up on Mount Zion. All the nations rage and seek to burst the bonds apart. But the Lord holds them in derision and he laughs and mocks because Jesus conquered. Jesus inherited the earth. It's his. And all those who have union with Christ by the Spirit through faith, the earth belongs to us because the earth belongs to Christ. Can I be frank with you for just a second right here at the end? Look, some of you guys, you're financially supporting this ministry, and from the bottom of my heart, I say thank you. I cannot thank you enough. However, some of you, you just, you can't afford it. In fact, some of you, you shouldn't afford it. Let's be honest. I mean, we're living in Joe Biden's ridiculous economy. Our nation 
and our totalitarian political elites lost their minds over the last three years due to COVID. We have written checks that we simply cannot cash. It doesn't matter if people change the definition of a recession. We are living in a recession right now regardless. Some of you are struggling to afford a carton of eggs at the grocery store. You cannot support financially this ministry at this time, nor should you. But you could still help us tremendously. I am asking you, please, if you're willing to do so, take one minute of your time. Leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes, Spotify, whatever that might be. This is the way the system works. We want to be innocent as doves, but shrewd as vipers. We need to be strategic. You leave us a five-star review, and our podcast shows up for more people. And the Word of God and courageous theology applied in practical ways to every realm of life gets out there. Help us get it out there. Thanks for tuning in.